Good morning. Well, today we wrap up 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter 5, verses 23 to 28. What did you learn? May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Beloved, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with the holy kiss. I solemnly command you by the Lord that this letter be read to all of them. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. When I taught fourth grade, I developed a little exercise that my students and parents loved. At the end of the school day, after the children got their belongings ready to go, I would play a little game I called, What Did You Learn Today? As hands went up, the kids would have an opportunity to name something they had learned that day, and then I would toss them a piece of candy. That way, when they got in the car, a mom asked the usual question. Instead of saying, nothing, the children would actually have a good answer. Paul could have closed his letter to the Thessalonians with, well, that's all for now. God bless you, Paul. Instead, he took the opportunity to finalize his thoughts and anchor the Thessalonians' thinking to God as their center point, God as their hope for peace, and God as their impetus for right living. Notice with me that Paul understood that man is comprised of body, soul, and spirit, and all must be surrendered to God, so that through the work of the Spirit in us, we might be sanctified, made holy. You know, Paul had the heart of a competitor. He said, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. He said that in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Paul looked at life as one continuous fabric and determined to live the Christian life for the long haul. He likened his personal training, spiritual discipline, and fervor to that of an Olympic athlete living to run the race and finish well. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, he said. They do it to get a crown. Of course he was speaking of the Olympic crown of laurel leaves. But that will not last, he said. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Also out of 1 Corinthians 9. For Paul and for us, it means that we will finish faithful and that on the great day of the Lord, which he mentions here again, we will be ready. What was Paul's driving force? To become more like he who had stepped into his path on the Damascus road, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who had radically transformed him from the chief persecutor of Christ followers to the foremost leader of the early church. Paul knew God's thoughts. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That from the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. He knew, he knew the words well. Jesus got a hold of Paul that day when he was en route to Damascus and began to show him the unique purpose for which he had been created. Friend, is God trying to get a hold of you, get your attention, and show you the unique purpose for which he created you? Sometimes God uses seasons of change to redirect our goals and ambitions from worldly pursuits to serving Him and serving others. With Paul, he literally stepped into his path and turned him in the opposite direction. It was a holy encounter, to be sure. Sometimes, unless God is that overt, folks miss His call to them, His plans for their lives. 
Paul implores those whom he loves so much to keep him and his fellow ministers in prayer. Then he says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. Ah, the custom of many to greet with a kiss, perhaps on one cheek and then the other. A familiar gesture to the Thessalonians. It indicated warmth and kinship. Depending on your culture, this same warmth could be conveyed with a firm handshake, meaningful eye contact, or even exchanging, the peace of Christ be with you. He closes his thoughts by extending the grace of God to the Thessalonians, just as he opened the letter. Truly, it all comes back to that, doesn't it? God's amazing grace. Where would we be without it? Next week, we're on to Second Thessalonians. Onward! You can see this in its entirety at pastorwoman.com.